0: It's a podcast offering discussions and tutorials about nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your nerdy tutor, myself George, and with me today, Duel Master, my mom. Hey. So we were talking about Magic the Gathering here last time. Here, the various uniqueness of the game, and then kind of a little bit of the history and a little bit of the community as well. And over the week, over this last weekend, we got to play some Magic, and uh, I, of course, have had we've had a chance we had this wonderful box of magic the gathering that if you're kind of just interested it's 30 bucks and it's got five different decks in it that are all very well designed and very very good synergistic elements to it we played a few of them and um, i think it's a great way to just kind of get started if you're even just vaguely interested at all if only just because it's got enough in here and at 30 bucks it's not going to break the bank i think really
1: well and plus plus you have enough actually to start with you know, a couple of friends and, and get it going. Um,
0: and be- these are like pretty easily modifiable too, so that if you wanted to go and get like a booster deck and you found a card you like, you could add that to these decks um, to help you out.
1: Right, and and it even has like a little guide card that I, I thought was really useful that tells you how complex the deck is, um, the speed, the, the you know, it, like some decks are really heavy on spells. I had a red deck um which was very heavy on on spells um and was fairly fairly simple not too complex mm-hmm.
0: um, so yeah we'll link and, that we'll uh, link that in the I'll link the amazon link i have for that in our uh, podcast here if only just because i thought it was really a really good little thing to have here at the end of the day well, and,
1: and the other thing is it has a nice little um little game book
0: mm-hmm. gives you
1: gives you um instructions comes with the life dice
0: Yep, comes with a 20 side dice. You can help track your life throughout the game. And I, again, I thought it was a very nice little investment here for not too much. At the end of the day, I think. Yeah. All right. So, um, so, mom, what have you had the chance to do here in this last week beyond playing Magic the Gathering?
1: Okay, so we played. You, you, you took it easy on me. I did. And and um, the biggest observation I came away with from from playing is, you really need sort of a tutor. To, mm-hmm. to help you get started um but in that light there's mm-hmm. a shit ton of tutors out there um there are i i was unprepared for how many resources there are first of all there's all sorts of youtube how to get started yes and there's all sorts of youtube about beginning theory
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's youtube about advanced theory there's there's you <laughs> oh yes YouTube about everything. Oh yeah. um, and, and so before I even get into all the other things there are, um, you could YouTube yourself to death on this. There's hours and hours, there's weeks of YouTube tutorials out there.
0: Commentary on what they're doing, why they did X, Y, and Z, how they constructed this deck, how this deck is supposed to work, like oh, lots of commentary. Uh, su-
1: summing, summing through a deck that costs several thousand dollars um special cards um we'll talk about later about some of the, some of the other things i found but one of the things that interested me is there's also people selling their services to um Skype or FaceTime with you and and teach you how to play mm-hmm. so there are not only tutorials
0: there are tutors oh yes the it, magic's one of those you know, things. If you decided to go that way, you could. Um, I think an easier way is sometimes to just go to your local game shop and ask, hey, when do people who play Magic get in? Or do you guys have, like, a tournament or something? Because that's very easy way to find other people. And a lot of people are usually more than happy to um, teach other people getting into a game because that gets them into the game. And nerds, of course, myself included, like to kind of show about what we know.
1: Well, and and beyond that, the more people that are playing, the more people to play with. To play with, so um, so, I found just there's just resources galore. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, there are resources galore, and there's a ton of jargon and trying to understand. I, I found myself. I printed. A, I, I printed a glossary of terms. I mean, look how many pages this thing is.
0: You got to have at least a good ten, fifteen pages there. Yes, minimum. fourteen
1: pages. It's fourteen pages of just, just, uh, just glossary terms, and it doesn't even have some of the terms I had questions about. So, so, um, like, like I never knew there was a chomp block. Which is to block with a creature in order to preserve your life total, even though yours. Will be the only creature dying in the exchange. Yes. So, so there, there's a bounce to return a card to it. They're just all these kinds different of th- terms,
0: and these are different terms that have come up throughout the history of Magic's different expansions, in order to help either change the game in subtle ways or make um, new ways of playing the game, especially for people who in and again they're very short, one-word sort of terms because it's intentional to convey the meaning of what they're trying to say without having obviously to say so much. Because again, if you, as you notice the cards, half the card is art, the other half is the rules.
1: Well, and the rules aren't always like like what's an S, S-R-C-Y? A scry. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, S-C-R-Y.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, which is to, to lift a card and then place it on the bottom of your deck, which serves the purpose of knowing that you can't play it um, but knowing that you might come across it on the bottom of your deck.
0: Yeah, again, some cards, I mean, sometimes it says that you scry three cards, but you get to keep one of them. So you get to, like, right. pick the top three cards, look at them, and then pick one of them sometime. And and we might be getting the, the terminology wrong, because I'm going to let you guys in a little fact I don't play Magic the Gathering.
1: Well, you play well enough to be able to... I,
0: I know enough to be able to play it. If you were to ask me, like, complex rules and, like, even in, scry- even in some of the rules we were going through, I had to read up on them and...
1: Which brings me to another. To another. Okay. So, so uh, first of all, I would suggest anybody starting out print a glossary. There, there are. I found six different glossaries out there. Um, I I printed one by Reed Duke, who has a lot of different stuff out there. And this is. um, I found this on level one. um, Which I found was a good resource. Okay. So um, that's where I found this one. But there's bunches of them. Oh yes, bunches, bunches of glossaries. I I was looking for one that really um, was just play terms.
0: Just play terms and simplicity, I would imagine. Yeah.
1: So I I was looking for one that was just play terms. And if you went through this, this is this is, but there are ones that are glossaries on cards, glossaries on um different um planes.
0: Yes. So like different expansions exist on different planes. And if you wanted to, um, there's some libraries and um, sources on the internet that let you kind of like, oh, I want to know about everything that was on Planes of Takar that has like Lifeling on it or something. And you could pull up something that showed all the cars that have that. Right. And you could even differentiate it between like, oh, I want it with like one mana or two mana. Like you could narrow it down if you absolutely needed to. Or you can say, "Oh, all the cards that are currently in standard, but I'm looking for something that's white, that's got like a four-four, in like vigilance or something. Like you know, you'll get every single card that's a four-four card with vigilance or something that might even give it to you."
1: And when you say four-four, it's it it that's it's a, both its attack power and its life
0: and its defense. Yeah, that, yeah, and, and, and that's, that, how and I that's a, it.
1: yeah, and that's a score that that's down on the bottom of the card
0: for creatures usually. For
1: creatures, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, play. We'll back up and talk about the experience of playing the game. Mm-hmm. It struck me a lot like chess, where the first five moves are set up. Yes. And you can go through those first five moves really quickly. They don't take much thought. You got to get. You got to get land out there.
0: Oh yes. Land, again, land being a very important thing. Because to have.
1: that creates your mana,
0: mm-hmm. which allows you to develop everything else. And now some games. Now some people, when they make their decks, they devise it all around single mana or two mana cards, so...
1: Now, how do you keep people honest shuffling?
0: shuffling? Um, usually, they'll shuffle, and then you, the other person's supposed to cut the deck, their, get their deck. Okay. So, typical, if you were, in, like, playing poker, if I shuffled the deck, I would give it to you to cut it, and then you would cut it at that point. Okay. We didn't because, do that because... because We didn't do that in our case, because, like... You trust you You're my mom, and I don't trust you. I mean, we were doing this mostly for fun, and even if I did scam you at the end of the day, like... A would you know and oh, B you would you purposely
1: care? let me win but but, but which was fun um, so it struck so the things that struck me um, typical game half hour less
0: maybe 20 minutes or so maybe yeah
1: it, it goes pretty fast mm-hmm. um, you know like like volleyball is the first to 20
0: volleyball is 21 okay.
1: but but okay so um, it goes it goes pretty pretty fast mhm um, there's a lot of, of different types of strategies. So, you know, I think um, I think the thing for me, the advantage I would have is that I'm I'm i like pretty mentally agile. I can mm-hmm. switch mind thoughts pretty pretty quickly, um, and you and that would be a skill you need, because just like chess has pieces that move in different ways, mm-hmm. you have mana, and then you have sorcery, and some things are instant, mm-hmm. and some things allow you to create your your sort of
0: uh, tokens. Token gods, Token creatures.
1: Token creatures. And then you have to develop your own creatures. And then you have to, and then you have to figure out what the creatures across the board from you are doing. Because you had, you when you play white, you had Pegasus.
0: A Pegasus creature, which was a 1-3 with flying. And right. the intention was that the flying creatures can't be blocked, except by other flying creatures. So they're great creatures to have in if you wanted to directly attack your opponent's life total. Which eventually is kind of the it's kind of the thing at the end of the day. Very much if you go back to chess, the entire point is to get the king at the end of the day. The, the problem is you have to go through a lot of other pieces to get to it. But in this case, with magic, and if I have a flying creature, I go directly at you. I don't yeah. have to worry about anything trying to uh, block a flying creature, unless it's a sorcery instant instant spell or another creature that flies.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so. um it does it does require I can it it requires at some point if you're gonna ever gonna be good you're gonna have to get familiar with just all sorts of stuff. And mm-hmm. you and, and so one of my follow up questions for you was um the, the our starter kit came with five decks which each have a certain flavor to them. Yes. Okay, so and we talked about that last week. We talked mm-hmm. about one's sort of more nature, one sort of more water, one's, you know, fire, one's mm-hmm. They have their okay. own kind
0: of individual kind of theming to them, right? That's kind of this lore theming to them, but they also have their own mechanical theming to them.
1: And you can mix other things in, but there's a certain synergy as long as you're playing within a specific
0: color. Usually, there's a specific synergy um, kind of baked into the color that you're using. Um, like in my example, in my case here, I had a lot of car- I had a lot of creatures which were human knights, and I had some I had some creatures which said every human knight gets. Plus one, plus one for the turns. If I have, depending on how many I have, so in right. some cases, so in some cases, and like a lot of cases, um, you might focus your deck either around a, a particular type of care of creatures in a game, um, like your deck. In your case here, your red deck had quite a number of goblins in it, right? Which was kind of the intention that um, in a lot of cases, that if you tend to go toward a uh, single color, you might just pick a creature type. Is that creature type is going to give you a lot more benefit? If we go way back in the day, the kind of the original version of the game uh, that I that the one that you gifted me, mm-hmm. there was a creature, there was a red creature that was an ape, and if you had green forest though, you got a bonus. He got a bonus of plus one plus one. So in that case, it would have been ideal to have both a green and red cards in your deck, if only just so that way that one creature would get plus one plus one in a synergistic fashion now if i didn't have it it's a regular creature but if i didn't have green in that deck that regular uh, like silverback gorilla i think it is would just be a regular silverback gorilla without any plus plus or minuses to him without the green forest so there's some you know in a lot of cases when it comes to just like if you just want to play like a black deck you might just focus on like vampires because there's a lot of cards that say if you ha- you know depending on how many vampires you have or things like that. In in your case, you had goblins. And I had what, goblins
1: had a- and and I had a I had a, a sorcery spell that um, caused immediate damage based on how many goblins I already had out. So when I pulled that that creature out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even though it was in in sick mode,
0: uh, summoning sickness is what we summoning call summoning
1: sickness. Um, it still caused damage because it, it caused damage based on how many goblins I already had out. Yes. Okay, so so uh, there's a reason for playing specific colors. So my, my follow-up question is, are the five colors all the colors there are? There's no purple.
0: There's no purple, there's no gold, there's no silver, orange. there's no orange, there's no other colors. Now what you'll find is there are other colors, other cards that are other colors. Right. So we saw a couple gray cards in here, which are artifact cards.
1: Right.
0: Some In most cases, usually either an enchantment or a uh, creature in some cases. And oftentimes you saw that it didn't have any colored mana requirements, so it just had a mana requirement. Right. So most of the cards we had here had a requirement of either some colored mana and then some number of non-colored mana. So you might have a... A and mana being land. Mana you connect, being your yeah. lands that you have. Um but again, if you're playing two different colors here, you will have both red mana, for example, and green mana. One card might say you require two red mana and three regular mana, uh, any color mana.
1: Well, so so here's my my caveat for playing, because I, I would like to play again. Um, I'm sticking with one one color until and, and a I, lot get, of I, I get good with this. A, a lot um, of
0: people find themselves enjoying a singular color in most cases, right?
1: And and I kind of got used to the idea because at one point we switched, and I and you played a different color.
0: Mm-hmm. I play yeah. So initially, I was playing a white deck, and Mom was playing a red deck. deck yeah. Uh, and then eventually, um, we decided we'd switch for a little bit. So I decided I wanted to play a blue deck because I wanted to see how that played. Yeah. Um, and Mom gave it a chance at a white deck.
1: Yeah. So uh, with the red deck, I felt very comfortable. That um, I had to develop a lot of land quickly mm-hmm. um, because I had a lot of creatures that require quite a few mana but did quite a bit of damage. Mm-hmm. You had more creatures in the white deck that required very little mana but just didn't do that much damage.
0: Oh, I'd almost say it's a little different, maybe, because um, I I frequently had like I frequently needed to have at least five ma- four to five mana to pull That's out true. some That's of my right. creatures. Yeah. Um, but then it would be the only thing I could do. So a lot of the time I was very starved for mana. You were never starved for mana. At I was any never starved,
1: Yeah, and I had and, and I, I was really proud of myself because I, I like, like figured out how to use my one of my sorcery spells.
0: Oh yeah, no no you did really a, like, well.
1: Yeah, and and I, I could like pull out all this mana and then just however many mana I had was X on my sorcery card and that's how much damage I did
0: so so what mom did at one point here was that she had um these goblins that did um two two target damage every time you played a sorcery spell right and so mom plays a sorcery spell which is this great fireball sort of thing um she's got like I think like 10 man 10 or 11 mana out at this point it costs two to start it up but every additional mana after that is damage that you do yeah so Mom, in this particular case, for me, just decided, okay, well, I'm going to not only... Um, oh, no, you had nine mana out. So you had nine mana out, yeah. So not only did you do, like, just seven damage with all that fire, with that single fireball to me, your goblins each did um, also got to do an extra two damage well. So I took 11 yeah. points of damage, and then the goblins went and attacked me, and I got even more damage. So I ended up taking about, like, 13 points of damage at the end of the day. Yeah. It was like, oh, wow, that's a really cool little little bit of work there. That was cool. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I slowly figured things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I guess, so I guess my my observations would be, it develops quickly, much like chess, where you're when you get started, they're just a standard set, and that that goes really fast. Mm-hmm. And then once you start developing creatures, as long as you can keep everybody alive, um, that goes pretty fast too. Yes. So so um so you know my question for you is if you had a, a gathering of friends over um and you 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 figure you play 5 6
0: games so like you do like a little tournament maybe um you could do like a little round robin tournament and everybody might play like the, the best of like the best of 3 or the best of 5 maybe um and usually you might have snacks in between waiting for the next person depending on who you yeah. Who you were gonna play with? here, are um, not uncommon. Okay. Um, and again, other times it might be just like a single elimination tournament, which is often the case for like um, drafting. When you have eight players with you, that makes a perfect little tournament there. Um, if you have six people, that's more like a um, like a round robin sort of thing. Whoever does the best and whoever has the whoever has the two best win ratios gets to play for the finals, I guess. Um, a little bit different for every every, different rule sets for everybody and some people just like playing
1: okay they don't they
0: don't necessarily have to be in a in a tournament and they don't necessarily have to be doing anything um in particular they might just like playing
1: okay so let's talk about so we talked about how you play with others Mm -hmm. forgive the term but you can play with yourself yes you could and and there are all sorts of forms of playing with yourself and there are new forms being released so so in part of my little YouTube first of all there's there's four different ways to play on my iPhone yes literally four different ways to play on my iPhone mm-hmm. so then I was trying to compare um compare what people liked about different ways of playing on your iPhone there's opinions about that out there oh yes there's all sorts of YouTube opinions about everything mm-hmm. um and, and there's lots of discussion about about um, rotating versus non rotating um, which if I understand correctly is is having to do with planes and and, and where you're playing
0: so yeah um, so what they call is a, the standard rotation I, or sometimes it's just also just a standard or just the current rotation um, which is also kind of just the basic Cards you could use at this particular time, right? And that's um, and again, typically that's whatever's been released with usually within the last year to year and a half.
1: So there's a lot of discussion in in the online um, Magic the Gathering communities as to whether or not that's really okay. If you should really sort of freeze if you're gonna if you're gonna buy the game and play it online and, and there's money um,
0: that you can spend online for a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, so the discussion was, then is it really fair that the games be in rotation and shouldn't, they, shouldn't you have a choice, and you do have a choice, mm-hmm. between um, apps that are in rotation and not in rotation? Yes. Okay. So, so then, then um, the discussion evolves from there because there's all sorts of comparisons between ways you can play, both on your iPhone. There are several ways to play, several platforms to play um, in online games on your, on your laptop. Mm-hmm. So you could play this every way to Sunday.
0: Oh, yes. And some people have in a lot of cases. I know um, the YouTubers that I recommend for you um, initially had a lot of their content on their main um, the main channel that was all magic related. What they ended up doing since then is they ended up creating just a secondary magic channel that's all about just magic the gathering for them. And that's where they show, because um, they have two different podcasts. And this is, that this
1: they, is the two guys.
0: Oh, no, no, no. So this is this is actually a bunch of guys. Actually, oh, okay, because so I is, keep
1: seeing the same two guys.
0: The um, one with a really big beard and one, one with like a brown beard and one with a like black hair. Yes. Yeah. So that would be uh, Graham and James from Loading Ready Run. They play. Yeah. They, they're playing a lot of Magic: the Gathering, and they're originally were playing a different version of the game. It was Magic Online, and then they switched to Magic Arena when the game obviously launched because they actually are sponsored. Um, by magic, by Wizards of the Coast, because they do uh, the Friday Night series, which Wizards of the Coast literally pays them to do.
1: Okay, so just to back up just a little bit, okay. if you just wanted a fun sort of, you needed to go on some oasis somewhere um, because you were super stressed out, or or your cat just died, or something.
0: You just needed something to like yeah. chill with.
1: Almost everything I found. Um, even the stuff that was criticisms or critiques of different ways of playing, is all very campy. Um, all of it is very campy.
0: It's it's like they know their audience.
1: Yeah, so it, it's it's like nerd-tastic, um, and it's in, and it's delivered with tremendous humor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and uh, there are a lot of inside jokes I don't get.
0: Which is fair. I mean, I watch a lot of the Magic. When I watch Friday Nights, even though, like, I know who these people are in this contextual world, because these mm-hmm. are not who these people really are. They're playing right. characters. They're right. playing They're playing their Seinfeld versions of themselves, is the way they describe it. And by it. the
1: way, I enjoyed that quite a bit.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, they're very campy. I think, in general, like, you'll notice that, like, a lot of nerds, when they're just talking about anything in general, especially in a very visual format here... Um, that is YouTube, that campiness is kind of their way of getting across to the audience, that they're a little nervous about what they're talking about to begin with, despite the fact that they may be the people that actually made the game. But I think they're also just kind of reaching out to their same demographics in which, like, yeah, we know that we're grown adults in our 30s and 40s and sometimes 50s and 60s playing a card game you know like in, they're very in,
1: self-deprecating
0: oh that but that's a very much a nerdy thing as well nerds are very self-deprecating because it's very much the notion of like yeah what I'm doing is really strange and really weird I'm okay with that and you're gonna make fun of me anyway so let me make fun of myself first so then you can't use that against me
1: okay
0: and that's kind of the logic with a lot of with a lot of nerd stuff like that like it's like I'll even do that when like I even was saying that earlier in work that it was like you only get like 20% of me at work because I ter- purposely tone down my weirdness so that I don't offend other people. And, and that in its own way is very much a self-deprecating comment because I can be my true self and I don't think people really want the me that I am when I'm by myself, which is a kind of far more talkatively nerdy person um, that's a little bit of a shut-in occasionally. But again, I mean, like that's... Nerds in general, like nerds, for the most part, don't have the option to go to a lot of places to geek out with other people. Like they can't just walk into an office and be like, "Hey, you guys, see what happened on Fortnite last?" You know, did you you know did you see the new expansion for Fortnite? A lot of times, you walk into an office setting and it's like, "Hey, did you see the game last night?" It's like, and that's the more semi-appropriate thing. Although, yeah, the one thing I will say is that people who play final who play fantasy football. Are just as big a nerds as a nerds as it, people who play it, Dungeons and ju- Dragons.
1: It's just a more acceptable nerdum.
0: It's just a more acceptable nerddom. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So so um, okay. So so a lot of it, even the most serious of it, like like one of the ones I enjoyed is is a guy um, because then I was looking at different forms and new forms are coming out all the time. There's Commander. There's now mm-hmm. Pioneer, which just came out.
0: Yes, new formats.
1: New formats. Okay. So. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the ones I watched is a um, community college professor.
0: Oh, the Tulerian Community College, yes.
1: Yes, yes, it's, that's real, right?
0: Well, okay, so it's not an actual community college. It's just a guy who's playing a professor.
1: Oh, and, and okay, I didn't even get that it was not actual.
0: No, 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 it's not an actual college. I assure you sure it's not an actual college. Um, basically what it is is that he calls himself the professor. He's in... Basically what ends up happening was is that he was initially just talking about magic and then he, had, he met a person online who was a well-known magic cosplayer who lived in like the same town as he did and so she would come over and talk about it as well. One day she came dressed up and they were like hey, why don't we do a little bit here which became the Tolarian Community College which is a place in one of the different planes of oh magic. that's why
1: i was okay so so that's back to my earlier comment there are a lot of inside jokes i wasn't getting oh
0: no there's a lot there's a lot of inside jokes it was that, obvious a
1: joke was being made mm-hmm. but um okay so i liked him a lot um because i found him
0: he's very fun and he's very interesting he's very honest and he's very he's easy very to straight
1: understand. up and easy easy to understand and he doesn't use as much jargon no no um, and, and and when and when um he talks about something um you get enough explanation mm-hmm. i got I got enough explanation i could catch on to what so so one of the things that i listened to was um he did a whole whole 20 minute thing on on pioneer which just came out on the 22nd of october
0: mm-hmm. new format
1: new format and um and he was talking about the advantages and disadvantages and, and um and that's where he you know he's he's talking about well it's it's um the it's not a game in rotation, and he talked about the advantages of that, but then he talked about banned cards mm-hmm okay so so he talked about he's he's like somewhere in the middle, I never was clear where he stands on it because he talked about the advantages and the disadvantages mm-hmm. of banned cards and um and so as I understand it, so you'll have to correct me here mm-hmm. Um, The the issue is that when you go into new formats, some cards will break the game. Yes. And they'll break the game because they won't work correctly with whatever that online format is. You may have paid money for that card. And you have an investment in it. And you know how to use it. Maybe you've even designed parts of your deck around it. But when you play it, because it's an online game and the online game has algorithms... It'll break the game.
0: Well, um, not just in the game. So um, when the notion of like a banned card, what, what that often means is that sometimes two different mechanics don't work. work. T- well, they do two different things. Sometimes they work too well, or sometimes, or sometimes they do things that break the game. So these are often... Yeah,
1: and you talked about it in both directions. Sometimes you can create, because you have a, a card... Um, that if if it's not banned, and these are cards that worked in in previous versions, mm-hmm. um, if it's not banned, it can interact with a new card in a way that makes you so powerful that you're But I mean, not actually, but in, in theory. It,
0: it, it, yeah, the notion is that like if you played these two cards together, they let you basically have infinite turns, so the other player can't play it all. Um, I once encountered a person and. There's actually a good episode about this where a guy basically basically has a card that says, he, "You." The next guy skips his turn. And you get to play. You get to keep play your own turn. Oh, again, it's called time warp. Okay. And the notion is, is that um, you play this card. The next player skips his turn. You get to start your turn all over from the beginning again.
1: Oh, and you just keep replaying the card.
0: You and there's another card that lets you keep. Re, you know, you put that in your graveyard. There's another card that would let you bring that back out of the graveyard. And if you and you can have up to four of them in your deck, and you have four of these other cards in your deck, which so it, is
1: why you need somebody else to cut your cards, because you could easily stack your deck.
0: You could very easily stack your deck. Now, in a lot of cases, what people will do now um, is that they will buy sleeves for their cards. So these are uh, card holders that are very flimsy that so you can't yeah. tell which cards are which at all. Yeah. So they might either all have like a white background or black background, or they might have like. A magic character on them. It's, they have different things like that, and the intention being is that these are like a standardized versions of cards, so you can't tell what's on the back side. You can't tell which cards are which at the end of the day. And then if you also have cards that are double faced uh, cards as well, um, they allow them to be easily easily shuffled because when you like, if you had like a double faced card on the top of your deck, you obviously but, know what the next card, card. is going to be. So it's yeah, kind of you know what the other side is. Yeah, yeah. and that's usually the case for it's like having uh, marked cards. Yeah, is there um I and that's like a case for like werewolves for example where werewolves have like a good side have like a human side and then have a werewolf side. But if you can see both sides of the card when you go to when it goes becomes the top of your deck, you're like, well, I know what that card is. Yeah. So it's not kind of fair at the end of the day. Cuz you know what the next card is and your opponent knows what the next card is. It's an advantage that you basically lose at the end of the day. But having a sleeve for that would make it much it would make it so that the next person doesn't know what the next card is you don't know what the next card is or maybe you got a card that says look at the top deck of your card
1: but you're not going to sleeve all your cards
0: no you would sleeve all your cards
1: you'd sleeve all your cards yeah
0: to keep it fair because then if you didn't because if you knew which ones were sleeved and which ones weren't sleeved then you could make you know an assumption off of that and then your opponent could do the same if it could determine
1: what what you're playing yeah okay so so back to the online thing there um i think there seem to be a number of different styles of players. Oh yeah. Okay. And um, and so as I was looking um, at the different online formats, because there's multiples of them. Oh yeah. Um, and there's there's formats where you just randomly play online with another live person who's playing. Mm-hmm. Yep. There are formats where you're playing an algorithm. There are. Um,
0: so this is Magic Arena that we're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. I'm sorry, Magic. Well, but but there are other formats also on iPhone. There are, there are formats. Mm-hmm. There are
0: there are formats. Yeah, like I, w- I remember what but I was Arena doing
1: is, Arena. Arena is certainly where the most information on YouTube is available.
0: Yeah. So Magic Arena is quickly becoming the standard for that because um, again, it's the people who make Magic the Gathering who do a really good job of being able to curate the cards online and the. Um, Algorithmic bots that they've, they they were able to finally create for the game to play it in a kind of a legit fashion, yeah, are really good because you could theoretically make the deck that you always wanted to use and test and sh- it out. and test it out right away, and you could test it out against other types of decks. Yeah, um, assuming you had the right cards of the game already. Now, mind you, again, you have to earn the cards, and, and in some cases, you might have to buy the cards. But if you're playing Magic to a certain degree in which you are, um, playing professionally you'd you, probably be worth it to you at some level to even just to be playing online because it's continuous practice and it's you know no' honing,
1: honing your skills honing. it's like your father playing the chess computer all the time
0: yeah yeah and in that case yeah and in, and eventually you would get these cards anyways through playing through playing the online game because it rewards you for playing with right. more cards which okay. makes you keep on to keep going and going which is such a yeah a, it's self-eating. a, a yeah. self-feeding cycle
1: yeah, so um, so I would suggest that anybody who's looking on, uh, looking at uh, either a, a mobile app or a, an online um,
0: variant of the game, game,
1: um, I would suggest you go out there and and read or listen, watch some of the critiques.
0: Mm-hmm. Again,
1: the the gentleman with from the community,
0: so, co- the yeah. community college, the Community okay. College professor,
1: um, he he gave what I thought were the most succinct. Um, because he has he has posts on several of the formats, mm-hmm. okay, and and I found his the easiest to follow, and and he was
0: a teacher at one point, which is okay. why he's known as a professor. So he's he's akin to understanding how to approach topics and teach them in a viable way. And if you're probably watching his content, he probably is kind of aware that you're more of a a newer player. He he caters more toward um. um Introductory and kind of middle and kind of middle sort of game understandings. So yeah, like, so because like early some of the, the other mid-defense. some of
1: the other ones would lose me with the jargon. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Sitting no. there with printing out glossaries. Um, okay, so I found his easier to, and I found him very succinct, and I could follow his criti- His both his, he's very neutral. I, I f- felt he was very fair because he both he'll tell you clearly what he likes and and doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll argue both sides, um, and with the banned cards, he actually argues that, that sometimes it's kind of unfair because you've you've invested quite a bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's good that they're banned, but it's bad that they're banned.
0: Yeah, there's a, in, in a lot of cases There's a lot of pros and cons to so just about anything you do in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I think exactly for that reason, if, you, a, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna um, in, invest because. There is money involved here. Oh, yes. Um, if you're going to invest in, in playing online, then maybe you find a couple YouTube videos so you can compare them and decide what sort of format sounds like you'd be comfortable in.
0: Or even just in, I mean, I think the standard one is the easiest one to get started with in a lot of cases now. Yeah. Um, Pioneer, which I think is the um, variant here now, which um, lets you kind of play with all the cards, any of right. the cards you wanted to play yeah. with. You can play uh, with
1: a fully mixed deck.
0: Yeah, um, is a great way to just kind of get started in general. Um, if only just because, I mean, you go to Standard and you can be able to go to play a couple games for a couple weeks here if that was what you really wanted to try. Right. Um, versus if you had Pioneer, you might have a concern in which you might be limited about who you could play with because some people may not want to be able to play with. People are using the older cards because, again, some cards might be a little more broken or the mechanics might not be the there same. There are banned
1: cards. Um, and
0: some banned cards as well.
1: He said there are banned cards in Pioneer. He said it was an extension of something or an earlier form called Frontier.
0: Yes. So um, there's been a couple different variations for this. I mean, as much as Magic uh, has kind of acknowledged that there is a format that lets you play with older cards that are not in the standard rotation, um, they're actually, again, the, the fact that they're coming out with, they made a point of it calling it Pioneer. Um, is really more or less a way of them saying that like yeah we're gonna allow more cards for tournaments based off your ability to construct cards and use constructed decks although
1: this is on, on a, it's limited to it's on a limited number of planes
0: yeah I mean because there's only like so many planes on the magic arena for- okay. format because most of those cards are a lot of the stuff within the last two to, I think within the last four to five years. Uh, like Zendikar, which is a very popular drafting um, expansion that they mm-hmm. had, um, um, is one of, is like an example of something that's not in standard rotation right now, but a lot of people really like those cards, so they're available in the. There's in the a online.
1: whole a whole separate Zendikar glossary. I saw. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. It was a very it was a very popular. Uh, the
1: Egyptian uh, one appears to have been very popular.
0: Yes. Yeah, a lot of people fall in love with certain expansions. There are su- people who want the Egyptians play. back. There's a lot of people who want the Zendikar's people back. There's a lot of yeah. people who want everything back. If you go to any Magic convention, you'll one of the creators made a point of uh, walking the floor, and the other people obviously know who he's is. It's a uh, um, Rose Wo- Rosewater. I forget what his first name is. I only know him from Robo Rosewater, which is an okay. online which is an online generator that generates Magic: The Gathering cards based off random collections of rules that it just kind of spools together and creates out of, like, pool cloth. And what's interesting about it is is that, like, the art in the background is the same all the time, but they're different variations. So, like, you might have, like, a wagon wheel, which is, like, this card is not a really well-created card. We know that, but it's a card that we created from this generator. And then you have ones that are, like, computers that are, like, computer rooms from, like the 60s and 70s. is like, this is a much better card. It's a much more created card. It's better be generated from our system. And then you have other ones that are like networky. Like these are actual cards that you theoretically could use in a game that we created. So that's how I know it. But uh, the creator basically made a point of saying that like, yeah, a lot of people came up to me today and told me that I should probably go back to every plane that ever existed and they should bring back every card that ever existed at one point. But not in that particular way. Like they said, oh, we should go back to Zendikar. Oh, we should go back to, you know, this other plane. We should go back to this other plane. So
1: it was. It was. So there are um, so many different
0: online personalities that are yeah, just out there. And again, in, they're in just realm. playing Magic: The Gathering in either a card format or. Or on the game. Well,
1: arena is very popular, and, and and people genuinely like all the options that you have, and you have in arena a ton of options. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: it's again,
1: I again, if you if you want to play in arena, go watch some YouTube because you'll find out which options you want to take.
0: It's going to be eventually one of those things that I think at the end of the day that um, when you go to actual tournaments, like they're not even going to have the cards anymore; that they're just going to have the game up. The game will have all the rules built built into it. You're not going to need a judge, and you're going to pull your
1: pull your cards because you can build your your own arena deck.
0: And or even at worst, the game creators can literally curate the game. To, oh, based so, on a deck, so, okay. based on either deck types or like, oh, you're in this version. You're in
1: so you draft a deck.
0: You are sealed in some cases, or drafting okay. like they're they're working on drafting right now. I don't know if they've figured out how to put that in just yet, but yeah. That, but and, I think that's one that they're working on trying to get in. Because they've they've had other variants of that in the Magic Online version that did have draft in it. Okay. So uh,
1: so arenas evol- seems to be evolving quickly. Um
0: Did you get to try arena out at all?
1: I I did.
0: Did you get through the tutorial at minimum?
1: I got through the tutorial.
0: And the tutorial I think is a really good example of here's kind of what to expect when you're playing the game.
1: I got a little overwhelmed when I started trying to play.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, it 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 can be very overwhelming. It's, it's
1: a lot at one time. So I I finally went okay, okay enough for today. So I got through a deck creation. Mm-hmm. And I'm red. Yeah, that's big okay. surprise. That's okay. Um, I like my little goblins. They're
0: good goblins. They're good boys.
1: Yeah. Um. So I got through through um creating the deck, but then. I, by the time I, I finished that process, I was like, uh, okay, I'm...
0: Done for now. Yeah, I'm done I'll come, for now. I'll come back another day. Yeah. I find that sometimes in, in Magic the Garden can be quite can be overwhelming for people who are not used to it all that yeah. often. And I don't think that's a, necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a good sign of that how well the game is just naturally created that you can have um, kind of not necessarily even concerns, but just variations on what ends up happening most days.
1: You have so many
0: options. Yes.
1: Um, you have so many options. And, and that, I mean, so I mean, that's, there's so many reasons why I went looking for other resources, mm-hmm. okay, besides YouTube, which is a tremendous resource, okay? So that was a great resource. There's all sorts of other resources out there too. There are, um, Red, Reddit has a, um, <laughs> don't even get me started. Um oh yeah. We'll, we'll yeah mind you
0: but that's true of anything on reddit though
1: okay, so that yeah, yeah. Reddit, Red, reddit's
0: yeah. A, reddit's a rabbit hole that if you really wanted to know like how much h p does this one guy have in a game and what are his exact abilities, you'll get like fifteen posts on reddit that are just like yeah this is how much this is how much life this guy has this is how you beat it if you're this character this character this character if you're oh, using disabilities there's also there's, there's str- holes on rabbit holes okay
1: so there's whole so there's all there's all sorts of things out there that aren't just podcasts or or uh, vlogs there's all sorts of other resources out there and um, and there are some of them that uh, you know as as you can see I printed mm-hmm. um, because I thought okay this is going to be helpful to me for ever okay um, like there are archetype um, uh, plays like scenarios, scenario strategies um, that you can have different variations on that have to do with your specific deck mm-hmm. um, that where because your deck tends to be this this and this you can sort of it's almost it's almost like like um, setting a pick and basketball where you have plays that you would run oh yeah yeah. So, so there are um, whole written things that if you're a red deck, a white deck, um there are whole written things that are set plays, for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah. You you see a person. There's a big meta commentary on a lot of the a lot of the decks in a lot of cases that if you have this one card, you probably have this next two to three to five cards in your deck as well yeah. because they are well-known to play well with one another. They're and synergistic, a lot of pe- yeah. They're very synergistic, and a lot of people know that with these five cards in your deck, you are already kind of pretty well set, and you just need like another like 20-some-odd cards for other stuff in some cases. So a lot of times um, you might have different archetypes like uh, Turbo Fog, Storm. Um, there's a couple different variations that well, I've heard and, of over and, time.
1: And, and the other interesting thing is there are... Um, Rules for certain types of sorcery, and there are different ways to interpret some types of sorcery mm-hmm. and how they function. So there are um, strong opinions.
0: And a lot of those strong opinions um, get boiled down, to, or often get boiled down to the notion of what the judges think is the correct way that they play I, at the end uh, of the day. Yeah,
1: so, so, so I was surprised to find that, that some of it's really subjective.
0: Some of it can be, because, again, the way everything is worded. Not a lot, but, yeah. Sometimes the way things are worded, the intention is one way, but it's entirely depicted as another. Yeah. And it might be that you need, like, I would maybe example it to, like, uh, construction in your case, because it's kind of what you're in, that, oh, you need to have three feet for these walls. Three feet of what? Between the next wall, between the next entrance, three feet above, above
1: Well, okay. So people say I have a six-inch slab on grade. Okay, how many inches of base rock? How many uh, how many inches of compacted soil? What is your compaction rate? Yeah. To to what SBO standard, and 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 um and what is the psi in your concrete? How much rebar do you have? And and all of that is a slab on grade. So, um.
0: There's layers into. it. There's layers
1: into it. So I I totally. In your case, literally yeah literally uh, but but layers in 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 this. so i um I was amazed by the number of online resources. oh yeah, okay, so tremendous uh, online support. The other thing that really impressed me was that um they they seem to have a number of different channels for new releases, and new releases seem to be like an every. 10 days, once a week sort of thing. Releases of, of small, not full-on full releases, but releases of different elements, bonus packs, um, you know, different, um, their arena seems to be very active in... Um, releasing
0: content and releasing it kind of over a longer period of time. So it always feels like you have to be on there to see what the new thing is coming out on it. And
1: they'll send you email.
0: Oh, yeah. I've gotten I would, a bit of an email.
1: I, I, I would suggest you have your own sort of Gmail account for Arena. Uh, I, I,
0: I, I have a separate email account. One is my personal account. Another one is my gamer account where all my gamer and stuff filters through. And it's an email address. I almost never check because it's all I usually always highlight it for stuff that I don't usually go to check very often. That That, that Gmail account is just full of spam and updates for games that I don't play anymore.
1: Yeah, so so it would. One of the things that that struck me was, um, you know, if if you're in arena, um, you're gonna you're gonna get all sorts of notices about different things. There are. Um, uh, it reminds me actually a lot of my my. I'm I a Starbucks rewards member because I drink coffee, and um, and they send me like every other day. A oh, new notice about oh here's a new tomorrow, coffee drinker. Yeah, or, yeah. Well, on Thursday, you know, there's happy hour. You know, if you bring a, um, it's two for one after two o'clock um, on, on uh, frappuccinos, and you have the same sort of thing within arena. Yeah. Um, to some extent, because you
0: have, have incentives to want to keep you logged on, come yeah. back every day. Oh, we're doing something special today, so you wouldn't want to miss it. Like stuff. There's like There's a that. lot
1: of that, but then there and so so there's a lot of that within arena. But I, I even if you weren't in arena, there are releases, um, much like the pioneer release. There was mm-hmm. command
0: commander. So we commander is one of the formats that they have. Okay,
1: yes. um, so there was a major commander release just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of um, support. A lot of well, not support, a lot of um, engagement.
0: Yeah, which is which is the coast. I think is one of the very good um, companies that does realize that um, that their community is a small is while it, while it seems like a very big community online. It's a very large number of people that play the game. That a lot of their community is not going to be able to go to their big conventions. A lot of their community is not going to be able to kind of exist and not play without playing with like the five to six friends that they play with um and so i think it's very much they've very much understood that they that if you take care of your community at the end of the day by constantly giving them stuff to do in it or uh new stuff to fun to new stuff to constantly coming out that they stay engaged um rather well and i can tie this back to some online games because i'm primarily an online game player that um, some games go stale after a while because people stop playing it because they've been playing the same thing constantly for the last four or five months and nothing new has happened. Um, Fortnite's actually a very good example of this where Fortnite's actually released stuff every about month and a half to two months, new stuff that happens in their game frequently and and constantly to the point that a lot of people oh, if it gets stale in two months after what we're doing with whatever thing we're doing right now, oh, in another two months, something weird is going to happen again. And so I don't have to worry. You know, like I'll just either stick it out or I'll just come back in a month after if I've gotten tired of whatever this current version stuff is.
1: Well, and and there are lots of people who theorize that that's why the planes change so often.
0: I, I would imagine that's probably the case, too, that a lot of times the planes change because... Um, it's reengaging your 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 community and whatever new stuff is happening. It's also a chance to sell your community on more stuff. I was going to well. say
1: there's a there's a lot of commentary on the monetizing of the game. Oh yeah, but I mean I think if you're going to keep it alive and vibrant, you have to monetize the game.
0: And, 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 and this also goes back to my notion of um, just in general of Japanese animation is that I found that like back in the day, people pirated a lot of anime not because it wasn't available in the west but because it was much easier to get it by pi- by pirating it because if you were watching a current show right now that got licensed here in America people would stop producing the con- would stop uh, producing it uh, the sub- the subs for it yeah but then you would wait about a good 2 years for it to actually to come out in America and then you'd have to actually buy it and by 2 years from now you may not be interested in whatever show that came out Two years ago, especially if you had actually just pirated it and watched it, you know, like what was the what would be the reason of watching it again, except for nostalgia? Well, so, and I, and
1: I'll actually take it to a different place, and and you'll you'll wince at this. Um, there was a game. There were several games actually in um, in Facebook that were extremely popular. Farm Farmville being one of them, mm-hmm. and they had a, a, a spinoff of Pioneer. Ville or something like that, um, and those games simply aren't played anymore, yep. and um, and they've pretty much gone away. Um, and, uh, and you know, a lot of that is that, that it got, I think, stale. It certainly, I think, it got it got a reputation for costing a lot of money because people were accidentally spending money they didn't know they were spending. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but uh, you know, I think you see you see trends um, like Candy Crush. Which I I think I knew a number of people that were playing, but I don't know that many. We can um,
0: continue to play it anymore.
1: Yeah, or we're with friends, which I thought you know I had a number of friends who were playing, who aren't playing anymore. So um, I think that there's a shelf life to games, unless you do this.
0: And and I would agree with that in a lot of cases. Um, That's probably
1: I, a bad analogy, but.
0: Well, no, no, I think it's a very good analogy that a lot of games simply just do not exist anymore, especially online games that are very much bent about the social interaction or the ability to kind of interact with other people that unless you're constantly engaging with the community or doing stuff in the community, that you simply just wouldn't play it anymore if that wasn't around. And, yeah. um, and as a person that's been a long time proponent of Online games, especially when it comes to the nature of um, MMOs and um, other online games that... What's yeah, an MMO? Oh, that's what we're talking about next week. Oh, okay. So... Okay. Um, the MMO, I mean by massively online... Uh, massively multiplayer online games. Okay. And this is going to be in in, in, Magic, there, in Magic Arena, could be an MMO. It, it could be considered as an MMO. Actually,
1: no I Actually, know what it, I actually <coughs> because... When your um, younger brother was like ten, he was playing one, and mm-hmm. I insisted upon being on when he was on because I didn't. I, I was concerned. He was about, also much younger. He was much younger. Yeah. And and I was concerned about him being online um, because there were adults playing as well as kids, and so um, I would I would actually um, be online in a, in another room at the same time he was with my own character to um to the, make sure that
0: yeah. yeah. No, no, I fully understand that. I mean, like because he wouldn't have been that old by that point. Yeah, he wasn't, yeah. So um but yeah yeah so we're gonna we're actually gonna talk about MMOs next week because this weekend has got cool news that's coming out for the one I play, World of Warcraft BlizzCon is this weekend. So while I watch that we'll talk I'll gush over what new stuff comes out next time we're on.
1: Well do you know of all the patterns I've ever created for knitting the one that that um, has gotten the most downloads has been my the, lion your your yeah your world of warcraft lion uh, beanie
0: oh yeah and that's a very good beanie yeah i like that beanie yeah um but no we'll, we'll talk about warcraft next week okay um but what you, but, but again i mean you, magic arena seems to be the one the one thing that a lot of people right now are playing and it's very easy to get into with no real investment unless you really want to start investing in it
1: yeah, and by investing in it, it's it's buying um, the supplemental packs.
0: Yeah, and and that's all you're really buying at the end of the day is just you're buying cards.
1: But, the, but but the starter pack is is nothing.
0: No, no, it's again the entire game itself is free. Right. You play enough that you get more cards based off your wins eventually. Yeah. That you could just keep playing. And there
1: are special there are special cards for special days. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then so the intention of just buying the packs, just getting the cards quicker. Yeah. But even then, you don't know what cards you might be getting in that particular case either. Yeah. Um, unless there might be some sort of special promotion or giveaway. Yeah. Um, but to tie it back to the keeping your community engaged and entertained at the end of the day, I think that's very important to um, continuously be communicating with your with your community. Yeah. And in a lot of games I know that don't communicate with their community just die out real quickly. Yeah. Um, and even just some great, you know, like, at the end of the day, as much as we might think that, um, or I might think at this point here that for a great number of years Star Trek didn't have a community after the Enterprise after Voyager went off the air and then they got replaced with Enterprise, which a lot of people didn't enjoy that show, right. and I can understand why they didn't enjoy that show because it felt like it was not maybe not in the spirit, but it was certainly like retconning a lot of stuff that was happened that had already been kind of. Decided as this was fact based stuff because it took pat, place in the twenty first century or the twenty second century, not the twenty third century, which in twenty fourth century. Yeah, um, but a lot of people didn't like that for a number of years until the JJ Abram movies came out. There was not really a fan base for start for Star War for Star Trek because a lot of people because it just was not on everyone's forefront minds. It wasn't. It wasn't a notion to. Talk about it with your friends. It wasn't or, anything happening. It wasn't anything happening. You, you,
1: you still got your Hallmark ornaments every year. So oh
0: yeah, I love those Hallmark ornaments. Yeah, um, but it, the community itself was just not engaged because there was nothing coming out for it. And the only way you were really continuing that might be in a lot of fan communities, and again through our fanfics and people who actually wrote legitimate books for different sh- for different stuff and uh, tabletop games.
1: And there is some fanfic for this thing too.
0: Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of fanfic for uh, for Magic the Gathering. I mean, there's a lot of people who just do art, fan art for Magic the Gathering outside of just just you know, stuff. Like there's some people who really just fall in love with a card or fall in love with a character, and that's all they end up doing is just that one card or character.
1: So it's, yeah, so if you want to engage with this, there's like a lot of ways to do it. I was really impressed with that.
0: What I actually find very interesting and in, is not actually just so much the game, but so much is just. Trying to follow the story. Like there's a YouTube channel and I'll have to try to find it again that told the story of Magic oh. the Gathering through the different expansions. And told like the legitimate like
1: I actually did find lore this more it,
0: story. It,
1: it it's it's like two hours.
0: For just like one expansion.
1: Oh, I think the one I think I think the one I was looking at really took it from um
0: From like one part to another. Like Yeah. I've seen some that are just like one character, like one of the major plane walkers like Liliana or Chandra. Or Jace, um, and they could and I've seen some of them that are like four or five part series that are each like twenty minute long videos in yeah. and of themselves. And to think that there's like this you know, beyond just the fact that if you didn't know that there was this lore happening in the background, that the game itself is just a game and this is just a card or this is just a character in a card, that there's this giant overlapping lore that's happening yeah. behind the scenes. Which would make sense because these are also some of the same people that do, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons game. Yeah. So like,
1: Which which definitely has has lore behind it.
0: Oh, there's a lot. There's quite yeah. a bit of lore behind some of that stuff. But I think a lot of, I, for me, I think the fun of Dungeons and Dragons, you can make your own lore that still kind of fits in whatever world you're working in. Yeah. Uh, versus magic is a very definitive lore that's happening that unless you're like really kind of following along, you don't actually know it's actually existing at all.
1: Yeah, because you could play without knowing it.
0: And that was actually one of my more interesting notions that before I started, um, watching Lodi the Reading runs, uh, Friday nights, because like, it just, cause they have their own thing where they, they call Commodore hustle, which is just that just their Seinfeld versions of their, of themselves just yeah. dicking around most of the time. Yeah. Excuse my language for that. But, um, but like the Friday nights version is just more like an extension, but it's more focused on magic. Yeah. Um, but there was apparently, I didn't realize there was actually this wealth of story happening in the background of Magic the Gathering until I started watching the show and just thinking and listening to them and hearing about like, oh yeah, it was Emmercool, And I was like, yeah, duh. I was like, wait, there's a oh, there's, story?
1: There's a story. And, and, there's, and, there's a, and there's a video trying to explain the story that has a, a, a gingerbread girl playing...
0: Well, I couldn't playing tell
1: you. playing that character. I, and I, and acting out the whole thing with with some non gingerbread people. It was weird. I
0: we nerds are weird.
1: Well, no, but but <laughs> yes, yeah. So so there is yes, there is lore.
0: Oh yeah, no, and the lore is very interesting. So so to kind of wrap this up a little bit, like, would yeah. you would you recommend Magic the Gathering to another to another person?
1: Yes. If you were looking for um, a, a strategy game, because there's definitely a lot of strategy involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the things I really liked were that it, it moves briskly. And, and we were playing somewhat slowly because I was still learning, but it still moves bri- briskly.
0: Yeah. you can So, play, you so can...
1: you're not obligating yourself to a, to a tremendous amount of time. And it looks like if you're playing an arena, you're, you're not obligating. You're playing for like a 20, 30 minute time period.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it might be even shorter depending on the decks that you're playing with. Yeah. Um, but I find... Again, the original the, the intention of the game was to be able to play something for about 10, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes between shows or different things happening at a convention. Okay. And that was kind of the original intent of the game that Woods of the Coast was trying to do because they were going to conventions and they noticed people had downtime between the different stuff that they were doing so I wanted to give them something to do in that downtime
1: Well, that makes sense so I like so I like that the you weren't obligating yourself like I love monopoly but Monopoly's is
0: ours yeah and monopoly depending on who you play with could be a ne- could be could be what you do for the evening for the next four hours yeah
1: so I like I like the idea you can um
0: until run somebody it. until some until inevitably it's like one person leaves and then everyone else is until one person kind of like ends up losing the game and everyone else is just like I got okay.
1: my I got my hotels on Park Place, I'm not losing.
0: Yeah, and then everyone else is just like, Okay, whatever, let's move on. Yeah. Let's go let's Yeah So I'll go do something yeah. else now because one person got you know, and then but there's always the two people like, No, no, we're gonna we're gonna win this thing. We're going, we're, to, we're, the we're, end. We're going to the end. We're going to the like, end. And then everyone else is like, All right, we're gonna go watch Seinfeld, you guys continue having fun with yourselves, whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean so a couple people could break off after Thanksgiving dinner
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and go play in the other room. And still not lose lose the rest of the evening could still have pumpkin pie, so I so I like that I like that. Um, the downside for me, um, and this is this is talking about sort of the overwhelm factor um, in arena and things, is that you um, it would take you a while to familiarize yourself with the cards and how to best use them. Um, by the time we played the third hand, I was getting getting kind of the hang of it, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, how to use the cards because they are synergistic, um, and you you want to to play them certain things in combination or have certain things set up for when you draw. Such and you and might such hold card. on to
0: a card until the most advent time to but use I held it. Held onto that
1: f- sorcery card until I knew I was going to just blow you then, out of the water. And with again,
0: it. when to know when to use the cards and when to yeah. when to play them and how not to play them. And it, and I, I think the reason I'm not really big into Magic: The Gathering is that as much as I could strategize and play the game and i do enjoy playing the game yeah my mental problem is that i need to know what all the cards do because i need to know either a what i'm playing against b what i am going to play against and if i want to build my own deck i want to know where what cards to use what cards not to use right and that comes a lot from just playing the game eventually you would figure this out by just playing the game for a long period
1: there's a level of familiarity you you need to have in order to do it well
0: Yeah, and a lot of people want to get into it to do it well immediately, rather than just kind of have the immediate.
1: And and so it's going to take you a while to do that. And and I guess that that for me was the downside. Um, You know, again, I I I printed myself some tools um, to to um,
0: to help yourself to
1: help me. And the biggest one being the glossary. And then um, I like the idea of having set plays if you have a particular deck. These are these are strategies that, that you probably could use in some form because you'll have this this and this. Yeah. And and, you, and I liked the idea of of sort of knowing or or having a, a, a an attack in advance. Um so so if you know if I continue to play I'll have tools.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day when it comes to Magic the Gathering it's a it's not a difficult game to get into it's a certainly a very overwhelming game to get started with but i think once you understand the rules of it and learn that there are key terms and what to look out for in those key terms and know how to find what they mean you you eventually learn they are yeah, um, but it can be a somewhat overwhelming game to start with, but it can be quite a bit of fun once you figure it. Out, once you've got it kind of. Oh yeah. Figured it out. Figured out.
1: Yeah, and um, and I like one of the things that I, I would say is a is a real advantage is that there are so many ways to play. So if you if you started and you say I really like the game, but I don't know if I'm comfortable with this way of playing it, there are so many other forms available on your phone online, um, and I find that appealing.
0: Oh, I I find the the online component to it now, especially with Magic Arena, to be um, basically like a zero-sum to get into the game. A lot of games require that you buy into the game to get into it at all, while other games require um, a little less dedication to it, necessarily. And I think that, um, as it is right now, that um, Magic the Gathering has... With through their on through Magic the Gathering arena, essentially their online variant, has a very minimal and very easy entry, you know, entry bound, point. Entry yeah. point and very easy to get try to try it out. And if you don't like it, like you didn't, all you invested was maybe an hour or two in the game at the end of the day. And so, yeah. um, very easy to tell to find out whether you like it or not. Versus our topic next week, which you know you could give it a try. <laughs> And if you didn't like it, well, F, F you. You lost quite a bit of money getting into it. Yeah. So, um, so, but again, we'll, we're going to... So gonna, next
1: week, World of Warcraft.
0: So next week, we're going to talk about World and of
1: Warcraft. And you've been at that one for a long time.
0: Oh, uh, this is something I know, unfortunately, too much on. And we're actually going to play it for a, for a bit here, too. Okay. Um, so we'll find a day to do that. But in the meantime, we're going to post some of the... Things that we discuss uh, here, are some of the things Mom found and glossaries, and some of the things she found online, we'll post that online onto our website at nerdtutorialpodcast.com. dot um, I also figured out widgets on the website, so now we can actually just now we're not going to have the link anymore on the webpage. There's going to be an actual bar at the top. You can just play it right from the browser. Oh, very good. So I figured. So I finally figured out that that out, which is kind of a cool thing, I think. But uh, but we're going to have that. But we'll have that on their website. Then we're also going to. Um, Uh, post everything on our tutorial as well Um, there's a couple anime that I've watched here that I'm definitely going to be talking about soon Okay. Um, and and then if there's anything that we got wrong or anything you want to comment critique or future topics you think we could do let me know on nerd tutorial at nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter and I'm more than happy to um, engage with our fellow audience to try to find new ways to learn and new topics we could do here eventually too Uh, so on behalf of myself thank you so much for listening to us and Uh, We should go play some magic.
1: Goblin on.
0: Alright. We'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye.